What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Chaos in Christ podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix, and we are going to get into something, something I just stumbled across online. And let's just let's not waste time. <laughs> let's look at exactly what's happening in politics right now. It's either Christ or totalitarianism. I honestly mean it. And we are forced to make a choice. Biden administration gives $500,000 grants to spread atheism and humanism overseas. Now funding namely to South, Central Asia, and in the Middle East and North America, slash North America, the Middle East, we, our own government is taking time to fund a certain way of thinking, which in my point of view is simply another belief system. And they are taking money, our own inflated dollars, to go send out to programs outside of our country to fund an idea that is completely antithetical to God. To It is just a slap in the face to the creator. It's, it's honestly a very bold attempt. It's basically saying we're God and we're going to make the changes and we're going to issue the new reformation of this social construct and the belief system of people. Not so much even in the United States. We'll get to them in a second. But right now, our eyes are on the Middle East, are on South Asia. They're, they're on North America. They're on Central Asia. That's that's the, the government. That's the taxpayer dollars working hard. The money that you work for and the money that they take for taxes, that's where that's going. It's being funded to have programs out in different countries overseas to help fund atheism and humanism. I hope you let that sit in for a second and think for a hot second what that really means. Why is that even happening? Why is our government choosing to go that route? Now, some interesting things as I've been looking into this story and reading into it, I found it in one news outlet, so I naturally had to go look somewhere else just to make sure that this is you know, not some sort of hype and complete uh, small story being blown out of proportion. No, this is honestly a real story. It's it's coming out. It's already out. And we have some very few Republicans that are very upset about this. Uh, one being Jim Jordan. And if you know anything about Jim Jordan, I like the guy. I think he's he's pretty solid in just being a real conservative in that respect. That's as much as I can say. But did you know, as I was looking this up, that atheism and humanism are recognized as official beliefs under the Constitution? They're recognized as official beliefs, which I find funny because if you you talk to an atheist or a humanist, they, they probably wouldn't want to be under that category. But that's exactly what they are. You couldn't convince me otherwise. And it's hilarious to me that the government itself labels them as a religious group, a belief system. So let that be what it be. But they have religious freedom, essentially, meaning they can live to believe that there is no God all they want without worry of the government coming after them. They have that freedom. They don't have to worry about being their, their doors being knocked down for finding out that they don't believe in a God. They have no worries. They can scream into the rooftops for all they care and tell everyone, get into the base with a bunch of Christians all they want, and nothing will be, nothing bad will happen to them. Now, I can't speak for other groups of individuals who have hate in their heart can't speak to that but ideally we're talking about an enforcement of law an enforcement of tyranny from government officials coming down on them because they're atheists and humanists now coincidentally not coincidentally but on the same 
playing field, that should happen for who else? Well, all religious groups, Muslims, Christians, and whatever else that's out there. We all have the religious freedom here in America. So they're classed under that. So they have all the freedom they want to do and raise their own money if they truly want to. If they want to build their own societies and have people donate to them, which I'm sure they do, then they have that opportunity. But why is the government, the United States government, going out of its way to fund it elsewhere in a different country when we are suffering with inflation that has just hit 9%? That is a very interesting thing, right? I mean, it should upset Americans because, again, this is your taxpayer dollars going to work for another country to help promote a godless idea, an idea as old as time, but still wicked and evil. Jim Jordan, in a letter to Biden, says, to be clear, atheism and humanism are official belief systems. As an initial matter, therefore, we would like to know what other United States government programs supported with appropriated funds are being used either to encourage, inculcate, or to disparage any official belief system. Again, those are listed as atheist, humanist, Christian, Muslim, or otherwise. And this is what Jim Jordan continues to say. It is one thing for the department to be tolerant and respectful of a wide range of belief systems and to encourage governments to respect the religious freedom interests of their citizens. It is quite another for the United States government to work actively to empower atheists, humanists, non-practicing and non-affiliated in public decision-making. He hits the nail on the head with me on this part because it is a big difference. We understand that there's supposed to be tolerance. We get it. We're not going to, you know, we don't want to see the government. I don't want to see the government going after a Muslim or an atheist in any way that is that is a form of persecution towards them than I would any, any one of my Christian brothers or sisters. I don't want to see that happening because that is a overreach of their power that is not mandated by God. They do have a specific role in our country and in the world. God has issued government and their specific role is to bring justice, wield the sword against evildoers. And then we know that they also help provide basic infrastructure, you know, making sure that for the most part, national security is protected from real terrorism, from real threats of attacks punishing the wicked person and making sure that there is a sort of structure and order in a society of moral people. Now, when the government decides to step out of that, well, then what you have is tyranny. What you have is totalitarianism, an overreach of their design and their divine call by God. So I agree with Jim Jordan here. It is one thing to be respectful and tolerant, not going after the citizens because of their beliefs. That sounds like China. And what they do to their citizens from practitioners of Falun Gong, which are a bunch of uh, people who are very holistic in their approach. They eat well. They don't eat certain things. They meditate. They, they do exercise. Now, that is a form of some sort of yoga, in my opinion. And obviously, as a Christian, I denounce that. But they're being persecuted for that. What about the Uyghur Muslims who are in concentration camps in China for their beliefs? And that's not to mention that Christians have always been under persecution in China for preaching the gospel. I mean, they're, they're not honestly able to gather together open and freely. They have a social credit score that determines whether you as a citizen have been visiting a church. 
And that credit score takes a hit when you do so. But it goes up if you listen to lectures of Xi Jinping having in his talks indoctrination, essentially. But it is another thing that our government will go out of their way to support any one of these religious ones, even even Christianity. I'll get concerned if a government, which I don't know, we might see that in the future, decides to fund certain Christian organizations. Why? Because something must have happened there. Because we know that our government, especially right now, our government has no fear of God. Clearly, (laughs) clearly, they have no desire or care to honor God, the one true God. They have no fear of God or even a God. They truly see themselves as the God. And so this this is a little awkward, not awkward, bad choice of words. This is bad. This is just bad because, well, one, we're not seeing anything happening with that. They won't fund the Muslims, right, because of their worldview and how extreme it can be. And uh, what happened in 2001? Rest my case. But atheism, humanism, why fund that? Why fund any of them at all? But why that specifically? That's a big concern. I've always said this. I will always say this. But I'm going to go ahead and let Jim Jordan bring my thought across. He goes on later in the letter to say, Atheism is an integral part of the belief system of Marxism and communism. End quote. This is in a letter. I'm going to make sure I link all of these in the show notes in the description. So by all means, look it up for yourself. All right. Be active. Know what's happening. Look into it because this is important. But he's right. In all totalitarian governments, communist governments, governments that have overthrown the the people and their and their nation as far as like China goes, uh, as far as Russia goes, the Soviet Union. I mean, every single one of them, they're all atheistic and humanistic. They have no desire or fear for God. How could they? In the way that they treat their citizens, in the robbing of private property, in the redistribution of wealth, stealing from the working class, which is funny because communists and communist sympathizers promote this and put their fist up because they think this is the party and belief system of the working class that's actually going to bring equity against the evil rich man. But in reality, those that that actually push for that that policy to take place that are saying they're going to be your heroes will leave you in the dust. And I'm saying words that are so nice and kind. Millions have died under the reign of communism. Millions. Millions have were thrown in. Many were thrown into gulags. Many suffered in concentration camps. And again, like I mentioned, in China, the Uyghur Muslims are going through concentration camps. And I believe Falun Gong might be doing going through the same thing. They definitely go through persecution. Matter of fact, I've read articles from the Epic Times that Falun Gong practitioners will be taken in into their own personal gulag and be harvested by their organs. Why? Because they eat so healthy. That sounds crazy, but maybe you should look deeper into what China is really about and what they do. You you won't think I'm crazy. You, you'll start to get sick to your stomach and realize how many companies that Americans or the government has sold over to China for manufacturing so that we can get our products from child slave labor and flip it over here. I'm telling you, this goes deep. This evilness of communism and totalitarianism is atheistic. They have no fear of God. They have no, no, no view of human as made in the image of God. And that's why in America, for the most part, under capitalism, it has been able to lift up those in poverty more than any other system. Now, 
Is there a, a flaw in it? Yes, there's a flaw in it. And here's the flaw. It's people deep down inside in their hearts and their moral compass, which is all flawed by sin and, and, and being dead in one's sin. They live for their own sin and pleasure. So yes, they can take what was meant to be good and manipulate it and turn it into something that that's evil and even oppresses other people in certain specific ways, which is why there's these battles between these parties of people that really hate capitalism, but what they hate is corporate cronyism. That's really what they hate. And I, I, I guess, you know, I don't disagree. I don't want uh, greed. I, no one likes greed. We know that there, there's sin in that. That is sin. We, we know that if you are exploiting people for your own profit again, that's wicked and evil. But most of these woke companies, the ones that are, are throwing around the, the pride flags and the, the BLM flags and the fist, these woke companies that say that they're on your side with social justice, well, guess what? They use child slave labor in China to make their products and they buy it for pennies to flip it here for hundreds. Where's the outrage there? This is communism. This is an atheistic worldview. And now we are seeing that our government is clearly funding it. Totalitarians are by nature, their natural worldview, atheists. And it's just what it is. There is no way around it. Because if they truly had a biblical perspective, if they were truly based off the scriptures, then, then that couldn't happen. This whole idea of social justice and transgenderism and this, this weird insanity that is being placated to the culture and to society through media, through arts, through everything, literally tainting everything. You'd read the scriptures and you couldn't get, uh, get anywhere near that. That's all an abomination. So what are we supposed to do as Christians? Are we just supposed to take this? Do we forfeit what goes on with politics, what's happening behind the scenes, the policies with our representatives, those that we have voted in or did not vote in? Do we separate ourselves from the culture and just stick to preaching the gospel? Is there a middle ground that we're supposed to play on that's like not here nor there, but kind of play with both of, of the sides because we just want to be nice and, a, you know, a witness to the culture? Uh, what are we supposed to do with that? Well, I would suggest that what we do is go to the word of God itself. Let's get into the scriptures. Luke 10 14 verse 23. I'm going to go ahead and read. I'm going to bring up my Bible here. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. Jesus was doing this. All right. Now before this, Jesus was teaching the Lord's prayer. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke and the people marveled. But some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, while others to test him kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and divided, and a divided household falls. Well, there's a lot of truth to that, right? I mean, one, it is the Lord speaking, so we know that that's true. There's a point that he's saying this for because of the people and what they saw him do, and they started to make some insane accusations as to why and how he was doing it. But it doesn't make sense spiritually, but definitely not even logically speaking. Likewise, if our country is to be divided as it is now, and it's divided on purpose, how long do you think we got? Anyway, that's not the point of this. Still, good to think about. Verse 18, and if Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? 
For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So we know that this is the Lord speaking. This is what he says. He's telling them, you say that I am doing this by the prince of demons power. And then I am casting out this demon by this prince of demon. Do you think Satan would work against his own kingdom with his own power? No, logically doesn't make sense. You're looking for a reason to, to find an enemy in the one true Christ. And you, you, you will even become illogical just to get there. But in reality, we know that if what he is doing is what Jesus said, which is if I do this by my finger, then you, the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So guess what? The kingdom of God has came upon them because Jesus was clearly doing it by the finger of God, by the power of God. He is God in the flesh. And so he is just told them, as he has told them uh, before, after his temptation, that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, they're both synonymous. They are at hand. The kingdom is here, guys, is what I'm trying to kind of get to you, okay? So Jesus is clearly not casting out in a, in, in a spirit of wickedness and evil when what he was casting out was evil in and of itself. Verse 21, but when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. The person who is a strong man, who has got the armor and everything and, and nothing can come you know, past him, that, that's Satan. And the one who is stronger, that's Christ. And he will take his armor off and he will expose him and he will pierce him and he will divide his spoils. And look at what Jesus says here. Verse 23, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. There is no neutrality. There really isn't. There's not a, a place where you can kind of safely fit where the left is happy with you and so is the right. The culture, so is the church. There really is not a middle ground where you can say, you know, I'm all about women's rights and abortion. But uh, at the same time, I, I guess I, I agree too that uh, abortion should probably not happen. But who am I to judge? You, no, there is no middle ground. That is a lie. It is a fallacy. It is designed to keep you neutral and to keep you soft, not engaged, and not actively engaged in the way that Christ has called us to be engaged, to go out and, yes, preach the gospel. Absolutely. Because there is going to be no change in men's heart without the gospel being proclaimed boldly in truth and in love. The gospel changes lives. There's nothing that we can do within ourselves no practices, no, there's not enough social justice activities to truly transform what is going on deep inside. We need Christ and Christ alone. But as you see here, the Lord telling us that whoever is not with him, well, you're against him. And this is where we find ourselves at here today in our culture. Our government is not with him. The people that are running it, even a lot of Republicans are not with Christ. There's a, a form of controlled opposition going on here. There's a lot happening that I do not trust either party. I do think that there are few good, real Republicans in there. 
fighting to make a difference. I really do. But for the most part, what I am seeing is that this is an all-out effort from our government in its totality to bring this country down and its Judeo-Christian values and its and its rootedness in Christianity to bring it down. But for me to tell you that there's this is supposed to be the hope part of the segment. It is Christ or it's chaos. And I'm praying that those that are here and you're listening, it's Christ that you've chosen because he has chosen you first. Christ is the only one who's going to reconcile the relationships, men and women, and their brokenness that is deep inside, that has surfaced its way out. The representatives and the government that we have are literally that. They're representatives. They represent us as a people. And so we need to realize, we need to start taking responsibility. The question that I ask is, do we you know, just simply take this? Do we forfeit what goes on with politics? Do we separate ourselves from culture and just stick to preaching the gospel? No, we engage in culture. We call the culture in love, but in truth, to turn from their sin, repent, and place their faith in Christ and in Christ alone. That's what we're supposed to do. In politics, we go, and those that are called to be involved with it, I mean, really as like running for office and whatnot, well, we pray that more believers, I honestly believe there's more real, biblically Christian believers, reformed in their theology, would then step into the arena and put an end to evil and wicked legislation and bring about legislation that is good for people that actually does honor God. That doesn't mean that these people are actually Christians and that they're going to become Christians. Again, that's only the gospel, only the gospel. But in the the right things and doing the things that honor and please God and his righteous rules, his laws, his commandments, and us honestly going after the the policies of our countries and in our local states and realizing what is honestly truly evil and wicked and wrong that doesn't serve the people in the way that God would want us to serve people, to love our enemies, to love our neighbors. When that happens and the flourishing takes place within any given state and country, then maybe that itself can be a witness as to God's blessing. And maybe that can turn not so much the hearts, but so much at least open the eyes of those that realize what's happening and that the gospel could then be proclaimed and preached. But we are to engage into politics. And as, and as far as you not having, you know, not being involved in politics, cool. Neither am I. I'm not running for office here. But what I'm telling you is this. I'm paying attention. I'm reading what's going on. I'm making sure that my government isn't taking me down this path, which is what they're doing right now. That's exactly what's happening. And I want to make sure that I'm voting with with knowledge, with an education, with with n- knowing that the person I voted for, I didn't vote for him because he said something superficial. I thought, yay, he's for the people. I don't care. You know how many politicians say that? <laughs> they say that a lot. Uh, you know, vote for me. I stand for justice. Yeah. Uh, all of you guys stand for justice. All of you guys stand for this. You know, vote for him. He's going to get the job done. Yeah, they all get the job done. That's what they say. That's what they're going to sell you. It's become very numbing at this point like i hear it and it doesn't phase me i got no like hope that rises up in me because i don't place hope in man i really don't public servants if they were really what they were meant to be they would truly be servants and nothing more and instead we have celebrity politicians that are making more money literally doing nothing in my opinion but destroying this country there is no neutrality it starts with the gospel christ the kingdom and all its righteousness and then what everything else will be added all on earth was made from Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. 
Colossians 1.16 reads, For in him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have, be cre- have been created through him and for him. Because he's king. Christ is king. Not Biden. Not the World Economic Forum. Not Klaus Schwab. Not whatever globalist banker. Not the Rockefellers. Not Rothschilds. Not George Soros. None of them. And they're definitely not. It's, it's not Trump. All right. Before you, you uh, the people out there that get all like worked up with Trump and thinking that that's all I think about. I don't because it isn't Trump either. Christ is king. Christ is king. And all things were made for him. So if that's the case, then can we just stop turning a blind eye and and just saying, I'm just going to preach the gospel? Yes, preach the gospel. But what does the gospel do to the lives of people? Well, it sends them out to the world to be the light in the midst of darkness, to be salt. And in that, their worldview based on scripture by the conversion of the Holy Spirit, because they're regenerated, they go out there, and you don't think that affects their decision-making? You don't think that affects their business decision-making, their politics decision-making? You don't think that that doesn't affect how we raise our families, how we treat our spouses, how we treat our neighbors in general? So what do you think is going to happen? The gospel is going to spread. His kingdom is being established. Not our will, but his will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So what do you think is going to happen? We need to stop this idea that we uh, we need to just not play into this whole thing. You know, let's just, we're separated. You know, we're separated. No, you're absolutely right. We are separated from the world. We do not live as the world lives. We are called to be holy, a royal priesthood for Christ. So much so that the world needs to, that they're going to, I mean, they're going to persecute us. They're going to look at us as a peculiar group of people. They're going to hate, they're going to hate you. They already hate you. And that's obviously evident now. We shouldn't be afraid of this. This was supposed to come. This was always supposed to be. This is our calling. They did it to the Lord. Who thinks that we're going to be able to escape that here and play nice with all parties? That's not going to happen. You're either for Christ or you're not. You're either for Christ or the state. You're either for Christ or communism, for Christ or totalitarianism. There is no middle ground. And at one point or another, we're going to have to get to that point and say it to be true. Caesar is not God. Christ is God. He is king. He is ruling and he is reigning now at this point in time. So that is what we need to do. That is what you need to do. And remember that he runs it all, owns it all. So what do we do? Honestly, wherever you find yourself, glorify God in it. And by speaking the truth, living in truth and in love, I'm not saying go and be bashful and beat someone and bludgeon them with their doctrine and your point of view just so you can be on top of them. If that's your heart, you need to repent and you need to really dig deep because suffering is coming for you. Persecution is coming for you. They hate you. They will hate you. This government hates you. And so get with it. In love, we call our neighbors to repentance, not so that way they could you know, feel bad about themselves. We don't want to be how Jonah was. When he preached the gospel to Nineveh, uh, the, the message of repentance before judgment, and when Nineveh actually repented, Jonah not being too happy about it. That is not what we're called. 
we are to rejoice when a sinner comes before Christ and humbles himself and repents. We are given the gospel message. Now, all of us are in the pulpit, but wherever you find yourself in the gifts that you have, you have a responsibility to use that for the glory of God in excellence as well. That's another thing too, and there might be another episode down the line, but we do these things, our arts, our, our way of, of doing work, we do it so half-hearted, corny, lame, and we're, I honestly believe we're supposed to be the best at it. We're supposed to be the ones that are excellent, top-notch, high performers, hard workers, non-complainers, producing beautiful, excellent art, great music, better movies with a message that calls people to dig deep and, and basically turn to Christ. It's time that we engage the culture. And when the culture says something, be bold and say, no, it doesn't. And yes, they're going to come for you for it. But guess what? Their worldview is being pushed. They have a belief system and it's religious to the core. I don't care if they call themselves atheists. They're funding this and they don't care about anyone else's feelings being offended. So why should you? You're a Christian. You have the truth. So go out there and proclaim it and do it in love and do it with knowing that it's not for you. It's not about you. It's about Christ and Christ alone. So when you find yourself in the midst of chaos, remember this, Christ is ruling, he's reigning, and he is there. God bless.